Today's show is sponsored by Legacy Box. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Get 40% off your order by visiting LegacyBox.com love. Hey guys, Jeff here. Quick admission, and I'm bummed to say this, but the episode you're about to listen to, my mic was not plugged in when we recorded it. I can blame that on toddlers or me being tired. (laughs) I think actually the kids were playing in the office and they were just messing with chords. And I should have double checked everything like I usually do. Technical difficulties actually don't happen too often on the podcast because we tend to always double check everything. I'll blame it on the fact I probably didn't have coffee that day. So I was out of it. But all that to say, um, we go at, we went ahead and actually pulled the audio from a secondary mic. And what I mean by that is it's not going to sound like a studio quality mic with both of our mics that they usually sound with, but I do have a video road mic that's set up on the camera. And so if you don't know, we also post every single podcast in video form on YouTube, on Facebook, and we post snippets throughout And that mic's not terrible. Like if it was for a video, you guys would think it's fine, but it will sound different and not as good quality for sure um, for a podcast. It won't sound like what I sound like right now. But we thought the conversation was too good about calling, about identity, about purpose, about what the Lord has for our life that we went back and forth. And we said, you know what? Um, You know, if it does distract you, then you can go ahead and skip this episode. But I think it's actually decent enough quality to still listen to it. And we really, really care about this message and we care about this topic. And so without further ado, just with a grain, take this episode with a grain of salt because of the quality, but I think it's okay. And without further ado, here's the episode. Hey guys, welcome to the real life podcast where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had. Some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things. And maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. What's up, guys? I'm Jeff. I'm Alyssa. And welcome back to the Real Life Podcast. Fun and special episode today. And we are talking specifically about calling. If you have listened to us for a while, you've probably heard us talk about mission and calling and our giftings and talents and how we can distill that and cultivate that kind of in bits and pieces. But I don't know we've done a full dedicated episode on kind of how to find your calling or how to find kind of your mission. And so that's what this episode is going to be on. And the reason I thought of it is one of our last most recent episodes, we were talking about burnout and we were talking about one of the best ways to prevent burnout, which is so that people don't usually connect these dots, but I think they're very connected. And one of the best ways to prevent burnout or exhaustion or depletion, or just like kind of you kind of feeling like you're running on empty and having no meaning or purpose is to actually know where what the Lord has for you and where the Lord has you. Because mm-hmm. um, when you do, then you have a reason to say no to other things. And when you have a reason to say no to non-good things, then that's what, actually one of the main things that prevents burnout. But a lot of us say yes to everything because we have no reason to say no. And our mission, our calling is a great reason for that. Now, that's not solely related to calling in general. I'm just saying that's why we talked about that on one of the episodes that seemed to resonate with a lot of you guys. So I wanted to take it one step farther and just talk about calling and identity in general. And I think identity is related. Um, But yeah, what are your initial two cents on calling? (laughs) I 
think I need to let it sit for just a few more minutes. Can you keep talking while I think? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So (laughs) there's a couple different things, guys, and I think. I feel like we haven't talked about it in so long. Yeah, there's a couple. Like revisit. Totally, I think there's a couple different layers, and there's a couple different things we have to distill. If you're a young adult listening, that's usually when we're mostly asking these questions around college of like, what do I need to do with my life? What's God's will for life? What's my calling? Where do I want to go? What's my passion? And a lot of us, those are being born out of really good intentions, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us want to find that so that then we can go bring meaning into the world, love into the world, you know, the garden mandate and the cultivation of the earth and all these different things. So one of the things I think we need to wrestle with first, though, before we even get going on that conversation is we need to ask why this is actually such a crisis. And what I mean by that is like, I think actually a lot of people struggle with this question. A lot of people feel very burdened by God's plan for my life, God's vision for my life, my mission in life, what my calling is, when I don't see a lot of people being burdened by that in the 1800s. I don't see a lot of people being burned by that 50 years ago, burdened by that 50 years ago. Now, of course, there's examples. You know, I'm just saying when I read literature and books from that time period and kind of the ethos of the day going all the way back to the New Testament times, there does seem to be, here's what I'm trying to say. We have to at least start with the fact that can we be honest and say we actually overemphasize finding your calling. Like we think that that's somehow just going to be the magical pill for everything. And we have to wrestle with the fact that like we have more choice today than we've ever had in human history. You can actually choose to kind of go down any path you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just that wasn't the case in most cultures in, mm-hmm. in all of human history. Most cultures, your job, it's kind of like the argument of like most marriages were actually arranged before like 1910, um, even in the West. Like that's not saying that this is like an oppressive arranged marriage. I mean, just it was very much just kind of like, oh, yeah, you too. Like you guys are in the same neighborhood in the same city and you kind of <laughs> like each other. Like, you know, you should pass on the family line. Um, it's the argument kind of between that and now how we have marriages now of choice but yet, are we really that, like, the stats are worse. The stats are worse. Like, we just, we, our marriages don't last as long. They are not as healthy. They're not as vibrant in general. Because, of course, there's also, I definitely don't want to romanticize the past because there's also a lot of benefits and freedom we've gotten now. But I think it's similar with, like, the calling thing of just, man, like, you just kind of were raised. And, like, people, most people didn't ask that question. Most people just were raised and you would just kind of do what you did it seemed like you know it just seems like you kind of do what's in front of you or you just take on the family business or you just hop out in the farm or you go to a factory and you just kind of live your life and I think one question we have to start because I do think we want to answer that question though still how do you still know how do you still distill it how do you pursue it but I think one question we have to start with is our we need to make sure that we're not over romanticizing or idealize or ide what's the word I'm looking for idealizing mm-hmm. um like calling to the point of like that this is somehow going to be the thing, that if I can just get a good answer to this, then I'll have all the meaning and depth in life I'm looking for. I will say that. I feel like in high school and your young adult, well, I feel like in the West it is such an emphasis because people are asking you, oh, are you going to go to college? What are you going to major in? What are you going to do after college? And so I feel like it is a huge thing like, oh, what are my giftings? What is God calling me to? What are my passions? Um, But I do think there's an... A pressure then and I think we just want to know the answer so and just know so we can go about our life instead of a constant relying on the Lord and journeying with him because I think 
that's how I was. I just thought growing up, I just needed an answer and then I was going to go do it for the rest of my life. Where I think really, unless if you're like a doctor or, you know, mm -hmm. a teacher, but even in then, I think God has different things for us in different seasons. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us are asking, that was a huge question in high school and college. And now in our thirties, again, we're asking that all over. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, especially in our era now where a lot of people are self-employed and entrepreneurs and um or maybe it's you thought you'd be married at 30 and you aren't so we're asking all or you're a mom now and you're wondering oh yeah. maybe i should be working as well or having some side project and so i think it's like in a way we can always be asking that ourselves yeah. that question like lord what are you calling me to what are my giftings and i think it's a i mean i know what you're talking about this is kind of a side a side note but um I think it's kind of a question that we we always ask in different seasons, but it's good to always be asking that because it causes us to really um, rely on the Lord and to journey with Him and to listen to the Spirit and what He calls us into in different seasons. Yeah. And you know, instead of just like a black and white answer when you're 18 and that's what you do for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, but I know that was a little... No, I think that was great. And so we'll that. kind of go through a couple different truths, guys. I don't think this is going to answer it all for you. But here, I think there's a couple versions of truth that can kind of be our guardrails on this conversation of calling that'll keep us in the sweet spot of following Jesus as a true full image bearer towards our flourishing. And I think the first one is, do you really believe, and kind of what we're saying already, is do you really believe that an ordinary boring life is actually exceptionally holy? Mm -hmm. That it's exceptionally holy and in some sense, part of God's plan and design, meaning that like we actually see that all over scripture with enormously dry desert-like seasons for most of the people who also are very famous. So even the peak people in the story, not the people we don't know anything about, because I bet theirs was that times 10, even these people, Moses, Abraham, et cetera, had long, enormous seasons of like no full, no calling, right? No, like this is your will for your, this is God's will for your life. They just wandered. Um, but that was somehow God's will. Um, and God's kind of calling, even though it just didn't feel like that. So I think do you, the first question is, do you really believe that God's vision for walking with his son for you is in some sense exceptionally ordinary and boring? And that is holy, like the actual act of just getting up every single day and living in genuine humanness pointed towards Jesus in grace and being a, you know, aware of the spirit in whatever present job you are currently in whatever present season you are that's holy and that's beautiful and that's to be celebrated so i think we have to start there because i think a lot of us have this subtle thought in our mind of like oh i'll just wait till i get to my dream job where i'm paid to do the thing i love um or just my dream place where i move to the place mm -hmm. or whatever it is like a lot of us put our life subtly on hold we don't actually go that far down that road because then it would be too obvious to us but we do like a subtle pause mm -hmm. to our life in regards to following the Lord until X, right? Or at least being more serious with him or whatever. Um, so we have to be very careful to not Hollywoodize our life. Like it's just, it's, it, it does not play out like a movie. It, it's not two hours with a lot of moving cuts and noise and soundtrack and that. It's a 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 year life with a lot of sleeping and eating and boring and mundane. Um, and, but the whole life is holy and the whole life should be pointed towards Jesus. So I think that's the first start because that can get you into a place, I think of contentment, mm. um, rather than like an angsty entitlement. Cause I think there's also a lot of entitlement today of like, I should be able to find 
the job that is I'm passionate about and make a lot of money in, mm-hmm. right? And then I can like life hack my way into being the best person at well, this same when you young, see and, young twenty year olds like Facebook. You know, all these people making it big yeah. at age twenty. It's yeah. easy to believe that. Last. I do think the social media stuff has exacerbated it. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Or YouTube. Or, yeah. Yeah. Are you, yeah. I'm just heading my thoughts. No, no, I love it. I love it. I was and gonna... also, I'm kind of sad our lives aren't like a movie because I remember <laughs> when I was in college one day, one morning when I was walking to class, I was walking down the stairs and all these birds were chirping and singing and I was like, man, it's like I've never romantic <laughs> comedy. How wonderful would it be if people just followed me and sang throughout my life? <laughs> like when I was happy, there's like little happy songs. Yes. Sad is like the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then, so this is convicting for me too. And then the second thing I would say, I'm just going to kind of go through runs of truth and we'll riff on, on them. I think the second thing is your life. Go, yeah, add more to the first. Yep, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just going to add one more thing. I think too in the wilderness, desert seasons of like waiting, um, we have to realize too that even when we do quote unquote arrive, whether we get the dream that we've always dreamed of, the job we've always wanted, um, the family we've always wanted, whatever that is, even when we get there, it's still life. And there's still hard things about it. Our work, like our job, it is work. And there will be like tears and sweat. And you know, like it's not like once we get that thing, then everything will fall into place. It's like, no, what was going on in the wilderness was preparing us and um, teaching us and cultivating our heart so that when we get to that place, we continue to walk with the Lord and are continuing to be sanctified and continuing to, um, you know, whatever. But we rely then on all that God taught us in the wilderness season and the promises there. And that carries us through then when we work and when we have a family and all these things. Because I think it can be very disillusioning to think, oh, once I have that, everything will be wonderful. It's like even in that, it's life. And so there's going to be hard things about it. Hey guys, Jeff here. I want to take a quick break to tell you about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Audible. You guys know we absolutely love Audible. They're incredible. They allow you to listen to an unmatched library of audiobooks on the planet, anywhere you're at, on all your devices. And what's really cool about Audible that when you have a membership, you not only get one credit good for any audiobook, but you also get a credit for two Audible originals from a changing selection that you can't get anywhere else, and you also get access to a wealth of of knowledge and different authors and different storytellers. And so we wanted to hook you guys up. You can actually get your first audiobook for free when you try Audible for 30 days. So you go to audible.com slash real life, or you can text real life to 500 500. Now, what we absolutely love about them guys is how convenient and seamless it all is to listen to audiobooks through Audible. We love them. The one I would recommend is Culture Code. Go listen to that one right now. We talk a lot about family. We talk about a lot about building teams. Talk a lot about leadership. That one has it all in there and I absolutely loved it. Now again, real quick, just to know what you're getting, the two Audible originals you also got get are an exclusive audio titles created by celebrated storytellers from worlds as diverse as theater, journalism, literature, and more and listening can make you a better person a better leader and even just more critical and thoughtful of the ideas that we're going through every single day and that's what i love thinking about thinking about deep ideas thinking about fresh new ways to think they're incredible guys like i said and encourage you to listen to 
culture code. It's awesome. It's amazing. So the offer again is go to audible.com slash real life to get that free 30 day trial with a free audiobook of your choice or text the code 500 to 500 to get started as well. And the code is real life for the text as well. That's all I got. Love you guys. The second thing, which is actually related, I think, to what you just said, which is perfect, is life is not just one hard red line where you go from like, I'm not, I don't know my calling, and then I'm in my calling. <laughs> right. It actually is a lot more like 74 steps of obedience, and then you stumble into it and look back and realize, mm-hmm. oh, I'm doing something I love. That's so good. Um, and those are very different. Mm-hmm. A lot of us want to like, we almost want to wait for it to show up. And, and then and see it, measure it, touch it, smell it, feel it, and then say, okay, I'm going to jump in and do that now. Yeah. When in reality, God doesn't work like that and the world doesn't work like that. The world is just a maze um, of choices. But then I think with the Lord, it's a cousin of that, which is a maze of obedience. Mm-hmm. That you are in this maze and you are called to obey every moment in the present. And that will take you to peculiar places um, and places you might not see as connecting but at the end of the day, like this, and, and guys, we have so much data on this, we have to let it show it, us that it's true. In the sense of like every single person who is 50 and more like what we would say in the spot that we would want to be in, or just like, you know, you, they seem like they're really fully themselves in like, and doing what they love, they would, I guarantee you, every single one would look back and say, oh yeah, over the last 30 years, I got here by kind of just saying yes, or by this one thing that I didn't think was related, but I jumped in on. And then two years later, I met this person. And then that took me to a job where I was working the night shift, even though I didn't super love to because that was an act of obedience. Like it just, they all add up, they all connect. And then they take you up direction and a trajectory. And I think life's more like that. So you have to really ask yourself, do I see life more as just this like, like, you know, land and water in the sense of just like, I'm on the land and then boom, I'm jumping in the water of my calling and I'm swimming now. Or is it more just like a maze where you're just kind of opening all these doors of obedience, only seeing what's in front of you, but then actually really receiving that with obedience. I think a lot of us, we get so disgruntled. Um, we've so de-holified, it's not a work, a word, but we've so de-holified our work in the present because we're so wanted to be so much more magical, promising mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's like just the work is the work that includes, you know, pulling the weeds in your front yard <laughs> that includes serving your neighbor that includes working at the community center that includes the night shift that includes the hard part of your job, the easy part of your job, the work is holy, the work is holy, you're we're image bearers, there will be thorns and thistles, right, the curse says, but, but even before that was the vision for work of an image bearer creating and cultivating. I will say though, within that, yes, but also... I think when you're doing what God has created you to do, when you're living in your strengths and your passions, there is this like, um, I don't know, maybe this sounds like so not you, but as in Jeff, but like it is a little magical. Like it's, I'm not saying there's not thorns and thistles and it's no, hard I agree. and it definitely takes um, uh, faith and courage. But when you like have that moment of, oh, wow, this is like the sweet spot. This is what God created me to do. I'm living in my... And I feel like, not that that's like your whole life, it may just be these like little moments, but I feel like when you have that, it's a real gift. And I think just what you're saying, babe, like it's a maze. I think when you 
throughout our life, like God has created us all uniquely and individually and he's all given us a purpose. I think there's a big purpose of like bringing his kingdom mm-hmm. to earth and um, like sharing the gospel and discipling. But then I think it's like also we're each given a purpose for what he wants us to do on this earth and it's unique for each of us. And, um, oh shoot, my mind just went blank. Um, and, oh, and so I think that throughout our lives, there's people that speak into it and they tell us like, oh, hey, this is a gifting you have, or I see this in you, or I think you're going to be this, or like little things like when growing up, I would always have to write thank you cards to relatives for um, holidays, like after getting gifts, and instead of just saying, thank you for da-da-da-da, love you so much, grandma and grandpa, I would just write like three pages, yeah. and my grandpa told my mom when I was like seven, he said, you know she's going to be a writer, right? <laughs> and that was when I was seven, and I've, I'm an author now, and so I think there's like these little things that yeah. we may not realize, but get spoken over us, and then as we journey through life, as we keep taking the risks, as we take keep stepping out in faith because just because we have that mm. calling or that gifting doesn't mean it's easy. Yes. Like for the giftings God has given me, it totally takes me out of my comfort zone because I'm, I feel very weak in it. And I, I actually almost feel like that's a huge sign too. more. Like we want the, we want our calling to put us in a place of comfortability. Or when success there's a, or yeah, When there's a version of the true calling that Lord calls us to, it's usually a little bit more risky, exposed, mm-hmm. vulnerable, and kind of stretching. Like even now my hands are sweating. Yeah. But it's just, I think, but God does that so that we rely on him and not on ourselves so that it's all for his glory. And um, anyway, and I think as we live our life and take, say yes is, the yes is to what God gives us, then we look back and we're like, oh, yes, I, I see that. Oh, okay, Lord, that's yeah. how you made me. Oh, when that person said that, that's what that mm-hmm. meant. And so I think it's really cool the older you get when you do take step out in faith and say yes to those certain things. Like it is the coolest thing in the whole world to be a part of what God is doing that you get to be used by him. Yeah, Does totally. That, yeah. And that part, that is the magic. Yeah, and I agree. And I and you want to find that that, that there is that you're we're created for. It's easy. Yes, but we're created for that. And so then let's talk about that now, because the first couple truths I think are a little bit more trying to answer and push back against the cultural notion of just finding your calling at age twenty three, being a millionaire at age four. <laughs> you know, just like all these cra- yeah. like these ridiculous ideas that just are not realistic that are. Um, I think deeply are really hurting us as a culture because then we're set up for disillusionment and then a lot of us feel like failures because we're the people on social media seem way farther than us. They seem way happier than us. They seem way more in the thing they're, you know, and we're just working like a mundane job. And it's like, no, no, that's, that's holy work. That's holy work. That's beautiful work. And that's actually what God's called us to. He's called us to that place, to those coworkers, to that neighborhood, to that city, to um, the thing that that job's going to grow us in that might take us to the next thing. Like all that stuff is related. So that's what the first couple of things we're talking about. There's so much beauty in the mundane. Totally. I think that the mundane is where God does the work. Yeah. And then it gets displayed totally. in different ways. And so I think that's where those first couple of things are pushing back against. But now let's try to answer the people who are just maybe like, hey, I get all that. I'm with that. Um, and I love work. I love just, you know, I'm diligent and faithful and um, leaning into that, but still would like to just help uh, not be as confused of like, how do you actually, what am I like with, I don't know what I'm good at, or I don't know what the Lord has for me or where he wants to take me. So then that's, so then let's talk about that. And that's a little bit different. So then what I would say there 
is kind of like what Alyssa was saying, and there is a magic there because there is a level of fulfillment you will find, and that's kind of the first breadcrumb to knowing where you think this trajectory is. And what I mean by that is like, what makes you come alive? Mm, what yeah. makes you full of life? What makes you leave? And you just kind of feel like you're zinging, you know, like you're just like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that was nice. That was awesome. might've been hard, right. And difficult, but still after the I mean, fact, I you're, felt like you're going to throw up. Yeah. 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 But it was full of, but it was really life giving at some point, or at least in a deep core level, mm -hmm, yes. you were like, Oh, that really was, uh, breathed life into me. Mm -hmm. Um, that's usually one of the first breadcrumbs or signs of like, okay, this is probably something I'm either decently good at that I could grow at, like natural talent that then can be developed um, for the good of other people or um, just a place that, yeah, like the God has wired you in. And so the, another way to, I've heard put it is like you want to kind of look for the place where what you like Cause I do think some people also overthink this like this, then these sometimes people go to the prayer closet and just like, God, tell me exactly what to do and where to go and when to do it. And it's just like, well, no, it's a pretty easy question. Like, what do you like to do? But yes. But then sometimes I don't feel like you feel that, Oh, this is it until later on in life. No, I agree. I think it's what do you no, like to do and now start yes stepping to all out. those little things. Yeah. Yes. And seeing what you're good at and what you actually hate doing. What does I mean? It's a lot of, it's a lot of like trial and error and just yeah. like, yes, figure it out. Like you got to just kind of actually go workshop it in the actual arena of life and just kind of like step in mm -hmm. to the game and then stuff you'll start getting feedback of like oh people will affirm you you'll feel good about something like, maybe you should do yeah something totally else. totally <laughs> i always feel like that's so funny with like yeah i feel like that's even our job as a parent to kind of be really sensitive to the spirit and not crushing a kid's dreams not having not having such a small mind and vision as a parent where you don't allow them to dream bigger than what you can dream mm -hmm. but then also like really trying to shepherd them protect them point them in a trajectory like that's a really that's really hard work but i think um, but yeah, that, that, that's, that's huge. And so it's like, it's a, it's, it's kind of just, what do you like to do? What are you wired for? What do you feel like? Do you kind of have like a more analytical mind? Well, that probably means something. Do you feel like you really enjoy learning and studying and education and research? That probably means something. Are you more artistic? Are you more sensitive to relationships? Do you feel like you might not realize it, but you do a really good job where a lot of people come to you with things. A lot of people well, come to you to ask advice. I want you to keep going, but I just was thinking some of, sometimes that's why it's really important to have um, mentors and parents and friends in your life that speak into you because a lot of those things... Yeah, a lot of people try to figure this well, out by themselves. Well, but I feel like a lot of those things come naturally to you so you mm -hmm. don't realize that it's a gift. That's a good point. And where like that may come naturally to you but you don't realize that's not natural for other people. And yeah. so I feel like you need people to say, wow, that's amazing that you do that or that's a passion of yeah. yours or that you're good at that because that's not, I'm not good at that totally. at all. And you're like, oh, I thought everyone was. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think that's one thing that I don't love about this conversation is we tend to individualize it. Like what's my calling? When in reality, like calling is about a web of a network in a city, in a neighborhood, in the family of God, first of all, not just you like in a vacuum. And then two, you need actually, like you can't figure it out actually unless you're in that web. You yeah. can't figure out, I don't believe you can figure out what your calling is unless you're in a web of social relationships because those people are meant to affirm, support, help. Well, yes, yeah, pray, call it out in you, mm -hmm. affirm you. Mm -hmm. And so like that, yeah, more of the family of God in that sense. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of this week's sponsors and that is Legacy Box. You guys know we love Legacy Box. 
I don't know about you, but it's important for us to digitize and to capture and to have forever our memories, our photos, our old videos, and our family. We believe in family story, and so we work really hard to make sure that is kept and protected in a really beautiful and good and awesome and long-standing way. And Legacy Box helps us out with that. They are incredible. They save your family films and photos from being degraded or lost forever. If you're unable to play recordings that you have sitting in your attic because you don't have a VCR anymore or it's broken, they can help you with that. You get to become the family hero too by kind of taking advantage of this and bringing back all these lost memories for everyone to access and see really easily. And it gets them organized. You can clean out your closet with all those different things and get it in a lot more systematic flow. So you send your legacy box filled with old home movies and pictures and they'll do the rest. They professionally digitize your moments onto a thumb drive, a digital download, or a DVD. And it's easy to follow instructions and safety barcodes included for every item. And you receive all your original recorded moments back with the digital copies and it's personalized every step of the way. They're incredible. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box over a decade of an experience and all the work is done by hand right here in the US. So there's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. So go to LegacyBox.com to get started today. And for a limited time, they're offering you guys an exclusive discount. So go to LegacyBox.com slash love to get 40% off your first order. Again, that's LegacyBox.com slash love and save 40% today. Yeah, I think that's huge. And so I think a cool way I've heard it is like, what's the place that, what, what's the, the, the place where it's your enjoyment, though you're what you're wired for and the things you like, coupled with like a wor the world's deep need and the world. where your heart breaks. Yeah, where your heart breaks and what hurt is for. And when, where those collide, that's kind of your calling or where at least you can probably find a deep sense of fulfillment if you step into. Can you tell them your journey with it? I don't think I really have like one. Like putting you on the spot. I, I don't think I really have one. I feel like I'm like... Well, no. Okay, you're obviously very gifted. Do you want me to tell you all the giftings you have? No, yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> well, no, I think... Mean, Jeff is extremely smart. When he was in kindergarten, he got tested, and he was like the top 1% of the 1% in the nation. And so I feel like he's naturally very gifted at research, of... He started reading. You taught yourself to read at like age three, age two. No, I don't know. Okay, two is a little too early. But it no, essentially, early. well, it's anyway, one of those things hold on, where. Hold on, hold on. So he's very gifted in these things, and obviously has a very gift of teaching and preaching, and um, also coupled with how you're wired, your eightness, mm. yeah. and your growing up, just having such a heart for the underdog, and <clears throat> maybe what do you call that? The you have a real heart for justice yeah. and truth and integrity. And so that all coupled together, um, it makes so much sense why then you are so gifted at these things mm. where your passion and heart breaks, your story coupled with like how the Lord's wired you. Yeah. And what's funny guys. Yeah. And it's funny. And I guess this is kind of goes full circle with a lot of stuff we've talked about where you kind of just have to step into the game. Like, first of all, I couldn't have actually probably, what I feel like I'm I'm wired for and what I feel like our mission is as a family, me individually, what I'm gifted towards and what I should kind of devote most of my energy towards, hopefully, I wouldn't have known the answer to that at 22. No. I wouldn't have known the answer to that at 20. But yet, the stuff clearly at 20 and 22 got me here, right? Like the, the spoken word YouTube stuff. I don't do spoken word anymore. I don't really enjoy it. I don't care for it. Um, but what's funny, though, is 
I, that's what got me here. That's why, that's how we're even doing a podcast right now is because I made a spoken word seven years ago. And, and what's even interesting about the spoken word is like that, what people don't realize about that story is that was not something for the internet. That was actually something I wrote for my university's open mic. And that, that was just a way out. And so it's just, it's funny how I like, I feel like that was so true because your heart broke for yeah. the people there. You wanted to share the gospel. So then I you were wrote, having Bible studies. Yeah. Nobody was coming. And so you were like, okay, I'm going to go to the open mic and like openly share about God and sex and yeah. how that like correlates. Totally. And so I love how that is your, and I just stepped into that obedience, yeah. but I didn't see anything past that. I didn't have a, even, I didn't even have a vision for something past that. Like I literally just thought mm-hmm. that was it. I'm going to do this poem. Hopefully it'll bless people. Maybe I can talk to my classmates about it the next day in class whatever. And that's it. And so then, but then it's crazy how just the Lord moves and works and everything is intricately and complexly connected where then I do that. And then six months later, I'm home for Christmas break. And my buddy's like, Hey, I'm bored. And I'm like, I'm bored. Let's make a video. So we make a video. And I was like, well, I have nothing to talk about for the video. And, he, and I was like, well, I made, wrote this poem like last year for my school. Let's just do that. It's easy. Cause I don't have to think of anything new, Let's, you know? So he did that. And then it went viral. Like it's just, everything's just randomly connected or not randomly, but it's just, it's uniquely complexly connected. And you just have to step out and say yes and step in obedience. And then once that happened, then I had to say, okay, I do feel like this is putting me in a direction of giving me opportunities now to do things that I do enjoy, that I do feel like I'm wired at, that I'm gifted towards, but I need to now develop all those things. And I need to now think really critically about those things. I need to get better at these things. I need to try to set myself up for the long haul and for faithfulness. And so, yeah, all that is kind of caught in just the last seven or eight years. And I think just your gifting with like how you love to read and how you think so crazy deep about things. Mm-hmm. I feel like your gifting is that you can take really big, deep thoughts and read really dense stuff and mm-hmm. then um, relay it to us common people. <laughs> I always say, I'm the common person. <laughs> just tell me what you're reading. Give me the cliff notes. Um, and so you have such a gift for that. And mm-hmm. I think like you have... You said yes, the last seven years, you've said yes to speaking so much. And I feel like over, it's like the 10,000 hour thing, yeah. like over that God is totally, um, you've learned to just become an even better speaker mm-hmm. and to serve people through that. And it's just been a really beautiful thing to watch. And yeah. so all that to say, I just, sometimes it's easy. It's encouraging to hear a story yeah. or like an example of how does this actually work? And I think so often we long for just the black and white answer. Like, Lord, just show me exactly what I'm yeah. going to be in 10 years, what you want me to do. But really it is a journey and saying yes and, and sometimes saying no and having people speak into your life. And um, I think it's just so cool to see how the Lord has made you and the opportunities he's given you and how you've taken risk and courage to say yes and step out mm-hmm. and do that and how the Lord is using it yeah. crazy for the kingdom. Yeah. And I think that's a good point is I think, I think a lot of us want the heavens to open up and God to just <laughs> shout from heaven. This is your calling when it shapes up a lot more to be like following breadcrumbs. Yeah. You just see one little nugget on the ground and then you see kind of this line and you're like, so much faith, right? yeah, exactly. And you're like, Oh, that's going a direction. And that looks yummy. That little snack. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grab that breadcrumb and then you grab the next breadcrumb and the next one and the next one. You kind of slowly put one foot in front of the other. It's more like that than God saying, here's your calling. Finding your calling is following these little pieces of like dust and specks of bread. Um, and I think a lot of us just don't treat it like that, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's huge. And so <clears throat> well, that's a lot harder answer than here it is, or here's the answer. Yeah, exactly. You gotta just follow the breadcrumbs. And then on yeah. top of that, even once you find it, then like what Alyssa said, then it actually takes decade or more to get decent at it. So I believe you can actually have your calling and suck at it for a while. 
I got, I like that. that, that that's true. true. Just because it's your calling doesn't mean you're going to be extraordinary. You have to at hone it. your craft. Yeah, and f- yeah, we have to. I just think we have to get back to the art of like believing and working on our craft. Like just mm-hmm. getting people that want to get better and better and better in small incremental ways, and that maybe in 20 years you'll be a decent chef, right? Or a decent writer. That's for me. Or a decent like you got to just keep faithfully applying yourself over a really long period of time, but and that's what makes you stand out too. The beautiful thing is the Lord. Works only, always through every single season. He only yeah. asks us to say yes and step out in faith yeah. and to do the work. Totally. And then he is, takes care of the rest. He is the one that is in control and he bears the fruit and he's the one that works. And so even if we're just like okay at our craft right now, yeah. that doesn't mean the fruit of it is okay. He can yeah. still do crazy awesome things through it and bless other people. Well, but I think that's the cool thing is that it keeps us humble then yes, to really say. rely on the spirit, to ask for his help, to not become prideful in it. And um well, I feel like it's totally- and then to be like, oh wow Lord, like that was so cool that you used me. Look what you did. Instead of saying, wow, look what I did. I'm so great yeah. and mighty. Totally. I feel like it totally exposes this whole nother realm and layer of complexity to like God's sovereign storytelling and how grand and incredible he is and doing a million bajillion things that we can't even Mm -hmm. see because like even like again I'll just use an easy example with me of like yeah like it's crazy how he uses the things that you then look back on you're like oh I wasn't that good at it then you know what I mean like because it's like like I feel like even so like my first book that I wrote I feel like just pure skill i feel like i've gotten a lot better at writing since then i feel like i've gotten to become a better writer i've been able to distill ideas better because i wrote that six years ago now um jesus is great in religion but yet a lot of times that's people's favorite books still or that that one sold you know a lot more than some of the other ones and so it's it's a weird kind of tension there where it's like oh like i don't like you know sometimes when you like see st- like stuff you've created that's really old you kind of almost cringe like sometimes <laughs> like when a painter sees something you made like 10 years ago you're like oh i don't want to see that or read that i'm kind of like that with that book but yet then it's so cool and humbling also to be like oh man but the lord's still using it um in people's lives and i think that's true with all of us in all of our jobs law medicine food etc that like that we step out in obedience we get better at our craft and then, in, and then even, and what's cool is we actually do grow. We actually really grow, but then the Lord still meets everyone exactly where they're at and then uses that exactly where we're at. You know what and I, mean? I think of that verse, <laughs> I'm like, I'm actually thinking of a clothing brand, but <laughs> <laughs> our, real, our friends, but it's based on a verse. I think it's in Ecclesiastes. What can love? No, Steph and Neil Jolly's. What's theirs? For such a time as this. Oh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Is that the name of their brand? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. You guys might be listening. Yeah, we you guys love are the you best. Guys. Um, check sick, them out. by the way, you guys. Go look that up. Um, anyway, but that verse, for such a time as this, like we were each created for such a time as yeah. this. God has given you a calling. God has gifted you mm-hmm. with your specific strengths and giftings, and he wants to use you in this exact moment. And I'm not saying like... Yes, we hone our craft. Yeah. Yes, we learn along the way. But he's also using you today. Yes. And, like, I just think, babe, of your, that book and that spoken word, that was the message that God wanted for that season. Yeah, totally. For that year. And it still is bearing fruit, but, like, that was the message God wanted to share, and he chose you. Yeah. And I think of us now, like, I mean, everybody, that God, not only, like, you wake up and God is already, he's already been at work all night while you've been sleeping, and then we get to wake up and mm-hmm. be like, hey, God, what are you doing? What do you want me to do today? What do you want, what are you already doing? And I can step in and be a part mm-hmm. of it. And I think that's just, like, 
wow, how cool that we could be a part mm-hmm. of it and God is bearing fruit. And even for today, for moms that wake up, like for such a time as this, today is the day to pour into your kids. Today is the day to teach them about grace, to show them humility, mm-hmm. to love them, to be intentional with them and whatever they need for today. Today, when you go to school, today is the day that you may talk to that person or smile at somebody that's having a hard day as you walk by or ask them how they're doing. Mm -hmm. For the barista, today is the day that you may pay for someone's coffee or just Mm -hmm. ask how their day is and you'll be the person to encourage them and um, show them love today. Whatever that looks like, I think, you know, we have big callings. We have like the callings of our work that just like we work at it constantly, but then you also have callings of the day and to step in and to be a part of God's adventure that he already has for you. Mm-hmm. Gosh, she's preaching. She's preaching over here, dropping bombs. We're actually going to end on that. Also, cause... thank you, Haley, for my coffee today. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hard. It was a... Listen, okay. amazing. Real life. Yeah. Real life. Jeff gave me a break today. I was going to, like, I brought these cards to write to people. I was going <laughs> to journal. I was going to go to my favorite coffee shop and just, like, have a moment to really reflect and I got in the car started driving this worship song came on and within three minutes I just started bawling Hmm. and so I sat in the parking lot of the coffee shop crying for a while and I realized I can't actually get myself in there (laughs) so I went through the drive-thru I got a coffee my favorite barista was working and she gave me a free coffee and I went and sat and looked out the ocean and just I didn't realize I had all these tears to cry. And so all that to say that free coffee totally blessed my heart today and seeing her yes. and her smiley face. So that's real life. Yep, it's real and life. Um, so thank you, Haley. That's right. For being my encourager That's right. Today. And if you're a barista, give someone a free coffee today. Um, or if you're going through the drive-thru line, maybe bless them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bless <laughs> the barista. Yeah, yeah. Tell them thank you. Bring Give the barista a free coffee. That would blow their mind. That would blow their mind. <laughs> they probably coffeed out. <laughs> But, hey, we love you guys. We hope you're encouraged by today's episode. Please let us know on Instagram, social media, what stood out, how the conversation's going, how we can continue the conversation with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we love talking about this stuff. And we're all on the same journey together. I'm just trying to figure out, man, this life and the human condition and walking with the Lord and what it means to be human. And that with that, a huge part of that is why am I here? What's my purpose? What's my calling? Where am I going? What am I doing? And so we hope this episode was encouraging for you on that. So we love you guys. Talk to you later.